0: Welcome back to... Good evening, first, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome back to this symposium of Nizami, who is called by Iranians, he has been entitled or given the epithet of Hakim. Hakim is not philosopher. It means, hikmat means philosophy, but... When philosophy is quite matured and is in harmony and good accord with the life of the person, he is no longer called philosopher, he is called Hakim. So, Ferdowsi, the great epic poet, is called Hakim. Nizami is called Hakim because they knew philosophy well and theosophy well but their philosophy is mixed with illumination and uh, they have their reason and intuition mixed together and they are well-matured and well-seasoned philosopher, in the words of Shakespeare. Nezami, though he is not a dramatist in the modern sense of the word, in the western sense of the word, but he is truly a great dramatist because he has written some stories which can very easily be adjusted to dramas. Scene by scene, you can follow the stories. And it, is, uh, it has all the elements of a good drama. First of all, he, has, he chooses a theme, a main theme, and develops the theme through his characters and dialogues, and he usually keeps the unity of theme. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't follow even uh, subordinate themes, uh, except uh, when the main theme is quite dominant. Actually, his Khosrova Shirin and and Majnun the second and third of the quintet have been turned into drama and uh, performed in Tehran. And uh, a great Iranian scholar who was also a statesman, Ali Asghar Hikmat, who was recently minister before the revolution, he was minister of foreign affairs in Iran, and he was ambassador to many countries, he has made, made a full comparison between Nizami and Shakespeare in his tragedies, the tragedy of Khosrow Shirin and Lelio Majnun, with um, concentration on Leilio Majnun. Yes, he has actually. This is a book, a comparative study of Leilio Majnun and Hus- and uh, Romeo and Juliet. And Dr. Nas has also written an. Uh, given a paper in a collection of his papers. What was the name of that book? Uh, Terry showed me today that uh, in a collection of the papers by Dr. Nasr, he has uh, given some information about uh, dramatic aspects and philosophical aspects of uh, Nizami, and he says that his Khosrow Shirin and Lelio Majnun and his other works like this seven portraits has had uh, influence on uh, European romantic poets like uh, Wordsworth, Shelley, Byron. Byron as, and uh, one of his works actually has been mm, performed in the form of uh, opera. ...and a, comedi- a comedy. So, he, in, in creating the setting of this story... is so great a master of uh, painting the setting... ...that you even don't need to see anything. You can just imagine through his words. It is said that he has a great maison. A great, uh, he is a great tailor... For, for everything, he is the great tailor of the sun, so many different clothing, I mean imagery, images for the sun, images for the moon, there is no end to it. Actually, one of the great uh, followers of Nizami says, <laughs> He is a tailor of the clothing of sun and moon. Now I hope that uh, these seven domes I mean the stories of these seven domes would attract the interest of some Iranians as well as European conductors I mean not conductors uh, producers uh, to turn it into films as well as drama Well we came to the story of, we finished the story of the Black Dome, and we said that black is a symbol of God, and uh, because uh, when he is totally absent and he is totally hidden, that aspect of hiddenness in God is shown by color black. And that is why black is the color of secrets and death which is the greatest secret is, resemb- is uh, expressed by color black now out of this black on Sunday we have the, the first day of creation and the Nizami tells another story of a king in Iraq in Iraq who is Also a very good king, kind, just, and uh, in fact, uh, the wolf and the sheep were living in peace in his country. And uh, But, uh, you know, this is the conflict. Immediately when he opens the story, there is a conflict. Because if there is no conflict, there is no story. Even in true life, if there is no conflict, there is no life. See, we have to meet with certain conflicts. Uh, So, the king is very good, everything is all right, but but he couldn't marry, he didn't want to marry anyone. And uh, because he had... uh, consulted some astrologers and they have seen his horoscope and they had told him that if he gets married then he would get into trouble. And uh, so he abstained completely from marriage but uh, he replaced that by having some slave maids. He thought that At least I can have some slave maids to serve me and to be with me, to make love with them. But uh, in his court, there was a hunchbacked crone, old woman. uh, Yes. Maid slaves. Which was very common in those days. Uh, They just bought slaves, both of men and women. So this lady, whenever the king brought a new mate for him, for himself, he tempted them to behave like a queen and not to obey the king completely and to think themselves an equal of the king, because the, 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 the old woman praised them so greatly that you are Belghese, the queen of Sheba, Shiva, or you are the queen of the fairies, and so and so. So they filled them with pride and vanity. And uh, so after a short time, uh, the, they didn't serve the king. They served themselves. They didn't love the king. They loved themselves. This is a symbol of uh, most of relationships which are based on selfish desires. So after a few days, the king sold the maid and then bought another one. So he was called the slave-seller king. They called him Padishahe Kani's Furush. Because constantly he is he sold uh, maids. One day, a person who was a, a great dealer in maids, in maid slaves, happened to come to the city, and then they informed the king that such and such dealer has come, and he has brought a very exceptional maid with him, which is very strange because she is the most beautiful but she is the cheapest of all. She is is a queen, really, and she is in every respect, in behavior, in knowledge, in art, she is a good player, a painter. Everything is perfect, has all the virtues, all the merits, but uh, so cheap. And then the king was interested to see her. I have to make these stories a little bit shorter because I want to go deeper into the story of red uh, prince, red wearing prince, red dome, uh, because that is in the middle, in the heart of the seven stories and probably the most important of all and because we are not going to have enough time to um, finish all the stories in detail so the king went to visit this new newly brought maid and instantly he fell in love with him with her and uh, then he asked how is it that you sell it so cheap he said, because every time I sell it, and the person who buys is so happy, but the next day he brings her back and resells it to me. And the king said, how, why? He said, because uh, you can't uh, make love with her. He, he wouldn't, she wouldn't let you have love with her. You have just to look at her, and no more than that. And if you try to force her, she would destroy herself, she would kill herself, and then you won't uh, consent. You won't uh, like it. So the king thought a little bit, but they said, OK, I will content myself by just, uh, with just looking at her and have her. She is like an angel. It's good to have her around the house. But this time... The lady when that uh, old uh, witch the weird one of the weird sisters of Macbeth actually was in the court, so mm, uh, when she tried to to tempt her into vanity, she said, "Okay, no, I am a maid, I'm going to remain a maid, I'm going to serve the king, I love the king and s- she she was so kind and so charming and so gentle to the king that every day the king felt more and more in love with her. Unless one day the king lost all patience and said, well, I want to ask you a question. How is it that, okay, let's grant that I can be patient. I am thinking of you yourself. How is it that you don't want to associate men, and I am a king and I am young and nothing wrong with me. Uh, But... uh, She didn't say anything. She said, well, that's a secret I'm not going to tell you. And then the king uh, told her a story of Solomon and his wife. He said that once Solomon married Belguis. How is it pronounced in English? Belguis, yes. Uh, They had a child. They have... um, A son born was born to them, and uh, but one hand and one leg was crippled. So Solomon asked Gabriel, the the archangel, "How is it that go to God and ask? I am I am such a great prophet and I have done nothing wrong. So what is what has happened that my son is to suffer such uh, problem?" So the Gabriel came back and said, okay, God says that if you, if you are truthful to each other and speak the truth to each other, at least in one case, then both would be set right. And uh, the child would, re- re- would be relieved from this problem. So the wife... They decided that each of them ask a question from the other so that he would or she would answer truthfully. So Belguys said, well, I, I ask a question. Uh, I know that you are the greatest kings of the world. You have all the tre- treasures and you are the richest man in the world and even this this." stones are gold in your country. But uh, are you still expecting anyone to bring you gifts? And uh, do you want still something more? Well, Solomon said, well, I can't deny the truth. Yes, every time any person comes into my court, I just look at his hand whether he has brought something or not see, this is one of the characteristics of man, you see. So he said, immediately the hand of the child was relieved, was all right. And then he said, okay, now I ask you a question. Look at me. I am a great king, young, and I have all the merits, the virtues. I love you, and, but uh, tell me truthfully that uh, has it ever happened that you think of some other young man well Belgris said uh, I can't deny that although I love you so much and you are so great and uh, nothing wrong with you and I expect nothing more from you but still I can't I am not free from base desires when I find when I happen to see a good young man so the other I mean part the other limb was set aright. So, in this way, the king wanted to say uh, to the maid that if you tell me the truth, and I tell you the truth, then uh, uh, our problem would be solved. So they do that. I don't go into details, but they do that, and uh, the king uh, explains why he couldn't marry, and uh, she explains why uh, she abstains from associating men because uh, she also was under a spell that if she marries and gets uh, gives birth to a child she would die and she said that this has been repeated in our family so I am afraid of doing that and then uh, just by telling the truth the spell is broken and then they get married and uh, live happy ever after. <laughs> the next story, I make it as brief as possible, is the story of a, a young person who is a very good person. He is virtuous. He is, he is so good, actually, that he is called Beshra Gar. His name was Beshr. Par his garments, the abstaining or the pious or the virtuous besh. And everybody called him the virtuous besh. So he happened to, one day when he was passing in the street, uh, the wind happened to raise the veil of a lady. And she saw the, such a beautiful face, a moon, a son, as Nizami says, and uh, then he falls in love with her. But uh, he knew that uh, she belongs to someone else because her, her clothing and dresses uh, showed that she was married. There were certain signs in those days that you could easily say whether a lady is married or not. So... She just closed his eyes and told himself, okay, it is not lawful, it is forbidden. You shouldn't uh, covet others' uh, belongings. So, But he was so depressed and she was, she was so um, passionate about her that uh, she thought it would be better to take a journey to a shrine, to a holy shrine somewhere so that God would help her, help him. So he happens to find a friend on the way. He was also traveling the same way. And uh, he was a man of middle age and a very uh, self uh, confident person. And he said, um, Oh, young man, tell me what is your name? He said, Well, I am Bish. He said, Bish? This is no good name. What is Bish? The young man said, Well, what is your name? He said, Well, my name is Malicha, the learned man. Malicha I am Malicha, the learned, the savant, the uh, philosopher. So the young man said, Well, what do you know? He said, Well, I know everything. I know from earth to heaven, from heaven to earth. I I can uh, foresee things which has not happened, I can, 50 years before, I can say that such and such kingdom would decline, and such and such uh, uh, earthquake would come, and I know everything, I can know people by the first look, and uh, he asked him, do you know, for example, why the wind blows? Well, the young man, Besh said, well, it is because uh, God mm, carries... uh, it is, they are moving according to the will of God. So oh don't tell me these old wife tales. It is because of the difference of, uh, for example, heat and difference of temperature. So he was explaining to him, he is in fact a symbol of a person who knows everything, but uh, he has devilish uh, knowledge like Mephistopheles, who knows everything but he doesn't know the most important thing. There are people who know everything but they don't know themselves. They know the value of everything. No, uh, this is what uh, the price of everything and the value of nothing is. But they know neither the price of themselves nor the value of themselves. So this man... uh, Of course, Besh explains to him that the fact that I say that these clouds are driven by God's uh, decree, it doesn't mean that they don't have immediate causes. I know everything. I have studied uh, natural sciences, and I know that. Actually, Rumi also explains that when we attribute everything to God, it doesn't mean that we are denying uh, science or philosophical uh, cause-and-effect relations. We don't want to say that it is just but the final cause the final cause is most important the first cause the first mover he is the f- the real mover uh, rumi says uh, your clothes is moving is dancing it is because you are dancing otherwise your clothes would not dancing and your body is dancing because your soul is dancing and your soul is dancing because the soul charmer your beloved is <coughs> Uh, putting you into dance and into joy and ecstasy, so he is the mover. So Nezami explains also here that uh, it doesn't mean that we don't follow uh, the the realm in the realm of cause and effect, uh, the immediate causes of things. So Besh has no more discussion with him, and they go on until they come to a big vat in in the wilderness. And uh, he asked Sims Besh, For example, do you know why this vat is here, um, a vat of water? Uh, Bish said, "Well, I think that some good person has put it here and has uh, put some water in it, so that people who would pass by or birds could make use of it." He said, "Well, oh, simple-minded person, it is not for that. It is because." The hunters would hide behind it, and then they would shoot <laughs> the uh, deers and gazelles and other um, beasts of prey uh, to, for themselves. That's why. Now I'm going to bathe uh, to wash myself in this vat. So... Besh said, well, don't do that, because this is just uh, drinking water. Somebody might, might pass, pass by, and if you go into it, it would stink, and it, wouldn't, uh, it is not good to do that. It is not fair to do that. He said, no, no, I, I have to do it, and then, because it's so hot, so he disclosed himself, undressed, and jumped into the uh, vat. But it happened that it wasn't a vat. It was a very deep, deep well, and somebody had put this vat just at the at the opening of the well so that uh, it wouldn't be filled by sand or uh, in, in in the storms. So he went down the well, and then was drowned and didn't come up. So for it, for some time, Bish waited and waited and waited, but. Um, Then he looked into the vat and saw that there is no one in the vat and it's not water, but it is down deep. It seems to be some water. So he found that uh, what had happened to him. So all his clothing and much jewels and treasury and money and gold had been left for him. So he thought, what can I do now? So he thought that it's better that I dispense with my journey and come back to the city, come back to the city and uh, find a person, I know his name, find a person and give back such great wealth to his children or his wife. So he went back to the city and after a long time he could finally find... Uh, the address of the person, and went to his house and knocked at the door. A lady opened the door, but she was veiled. And then he told him, Is that Malikha's house? He said, Yes. She said, Yes. Come in. And then, What news do you have from my husband? And then she started to, to complain about her husband, that she was such a, he is such a cruel person, he is a devil. I wish he, w- he had died. And then he was cursing <laughs> all the time. So he said, I don't know that, but I have brought whatever has been left to me. Uh, this is what has happened. And so um, the lady unveiled herself, and Besh saw that she was, she was actually the lady she had fallen in love. And uh, Nizami wants to say that uh, if you abstain from unlawful, the same thing and better than that would come to you lawfully. It is not necessary that you do anything unlawful. Just uh, be noble and do according to the will of God, and then whatever you wish would come to you in a a much better situation. But now, of course, every time he... Explains uh, about uh, the qualities of their of green and yellow. I will maybe tomorrow I will explain a little bit more about these colors. And also I'm going. To, I have asked a friend of mine um, to come here with his uh, zarb or Persian tombak, to show you how the rhythm of Nizami um, of these five five works goes and how you can dance with them well then it comes to the, to Tuesday he says it was the navel yes it was the navel of the day uh, this, these were the two were Sunday and Monday now we are Tuesday and Tuesday he says, "Ruzi Azuz, How day mahi, one cold December night, one cold December night." He uh, which was uh, sorry, one cold December day, which was short <coughs> because it was winter, and winter is a good time. Because the nights are long, and it is a good time for telling stories, so he says that Bahram, dressed, all dressed in red, he went to the dome of the red, uh, of the lady from Russia, who was uh, in the red dome palace. Nezami says, "As the This Tuesday was the best day of the week because it is just in the middle of the week, because it's the navel of the week. Because uh, in Persian we start from shambay, shambay, do shambay, and se is in the middle. So in this uh, dome, the lady of the dome from Russia tells her, a very strange story of a prince who was dressed also in red he says that there was a king in russia who was a very good king usually uh, nizami gives good virtues and merits to the kings he was a very good king and she had I'm sorry he had a daughter she had a very beautiful daughter who had been brought up in love and in caressing and in uh, what you could say, naz. It's very difficult to explain naz in... Uh, co- coyness. No, he was pampered. pampered. No, of course, not actually pampered. Actually, he was brought up in an atmosphere of constantly being loved. This is what he means. Yes. Yeah. So, Zohrei delze mushteri borde, pisha u I just recite a few some lines so that you see how the, the, the imagery and the music. Uh, Zuhri, he was a Venus. She was, sorry, she was a Venus who had won the heart of Jupiter. Zuhri, Delze Mushtari, Borde, Sham, and Sugar and Candle were dead before her. So she, when and she was beside her beauty and her her other merits, the ornament of art as well, and the merit of knowledge as well. She knew many subjects, many disciplines. She had studied, and uh, she was a good artist, a good writer. So when she's found herself no equal. She didn't allow anyone to propose even to her easily. So she ordered her, his father, she wanted his father to build a castle outside the city on a very high mountain. And here Nizami has a very good uh, point about architecture, that this castle was so built that it was a part of the atmosphere, it was a part of the environment. It was a, as if it was, It had just come out of the heart of the mountain. This is what uh, Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Wright, the great uh, 20th century architect, emphasizes that uh, uh, a building should be in love with its environment. Or be. you, you have to build... Not of the hill, not on the hill, but of the hill. This is Nezami has also explained in several times in his works. So that castle uh, had a winding way, very difficult, and he had put some spells, very dangerous spells, for any unaware passerby. And uh, when they passed, they had to to be very careful not to be killed by some uh, statues which would cut their head off with a sword. So it was all filled with spells, very dangerous spells and charms. And then he painted his own face his own body a full portrait of herself and then with she was also a good calligrapher so she wrote with most beautiful of her handwriting that uh, anyone who wants me who wants to possess me has to fulfill four conditions First, the proposer has to be a person of good repute, of nobility, and uh, of good descent. There was a discussion somewhere about descent. They asked someone, well, who, who, who are you, and what are your, your predecessors? He said, well, I don't know, but we have been descending for centuries. so he must be a person who had been descending for centuries with good name and good repute this is the first in fact let me tell you that this lady has um, uh, a dual symbolism with her first of all she is the symbol of God she is a symbol of God because God has painted his picture and has put it on the gate of every atom of the world and uh, so that you can propose. But you have to fulfill certain conditions before you could get her. And secondly, this bride, this lady is a symbol of art for all artists, anyone who wants to be a great artist has to fulfill these four conditions he has to be of good descent of good repute um, of good nature first of all and then he has to break the spells the spells on the way and thirdly he has to find because the castle seemed to have no door no gate you went to the, uh, to the castle and then you turned around and you couldn't find any a door to, to, to enter. So the third condition was that uh, uh, you have to find the door because she said that I don't want my lover to come from the roof. He has to come from the door. Means, meaning on the right path. See, There are many artists who just want to jump into the uh, castle. Uh, They don't want to find the way to find the door. He has to find the door. And then when he has done the tree, he has to go back to the city, to my father's court, and then I'll come there, and then I'll ask him certain questions, but not in words, in action. And then if he fulfills all conditions then i would be here i would be i would belong to him so he finished the picture and the conditions and then gave it to one of his servants and said well okay rise up and take this to the uh, gate of the city over the gate of the city hang it so that anyone who might be interested okay Come, come along. So, thousands of young lovers, but they were not true lovers. They didn't want to fulfill the conditions. They just wanted to possess the lady. So, their heads were cut off on the way. Some of them could do one or two of the conditions, but in the third one, they were stopped. So, all around uh, the castle there was a wall of heads of the lovers hundreds and thousands of heads it was a wall all made of heads you see let me recite a poem from hafez to see how hafez in one single uh, bait in two lines has uh, uh, has given you the the essence, the gist of this story. He says, Beware of this lady of mine. Don't go to her. Because in that country you will see thousands of heads cut off without any crime, without doing anything wrong. Kamandash Kanja, sarha bijormu, Rumi also has a story where three lovers go to China to propose to the prince of China, princess of China, and then somebody takes them to a valley and shows the head of people who had lost their life in that way. And they say, Would, will you still uh, be interested to propose or not. So, but they proceeded. And two of them uh, did not succeed, but one of them finally succeeded to get uh, the Princess of China. The Princess of China is also uh, God. In, it's also Puccini's to yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Or maybe you could say the Fairy Queen of Spencer in yes he can also although he represents uh, the queen as well the queen elizabeth but he is a uh, symbol of ideal beauty for whom everything is to be sacrificed and you have to be a great hero a champion before you and of great nobility before you could uh, you have to do service so but one day, nobody succeeded, but one day, a prince. Prince is a symbol of a person who knows that his father was Adam. Whenever in Persian literature you come to the word prince, shahzadeh, it means a person of great nobility, a person who knows that his father was the king of heavens, and then he was uh, the king uh, he was the deputy of God on earth, and uh, this is called a prince. So, a prince happened to pass by. He was uh, intent to go for hunting. Hunting means you are just uh, round, uh, I mean, turning around you, and you are. Uh, bewildered in the wilderness of the world and you don't know. You are just going this way and that way. You are, you are after something to pray, to, to hunt. But suddenly you come somewhere and then you stop. You stop from being distracted, going on distracted ways. You stop somewhere. Avicenna in his philosophy says the beginning of Sufism, the beginning of traveling is a stopping. You have to stop first before you could start traveling. You have to stop going this way and that way all the time. So there are many references by Rumi uh, also in the same story of those three princes who were after the princes of China. They are also sent by their father to travel around the world. They get some money, and some horse, and then they say, well, we will go around the, how, the, the, the world, to see the world. So they are just, uh, they don't know where to go. They, they may go anywhere, where. but they happen to find a picture. This picture is actually God's uh, manifestation. They, they stop, they go to a castle, and then they see the picture of that lady of China, and then they stop. And then they start. Now they don't go this way and that way. They just straightly go to, to China. They wouldn't go anywhere else. Hafiz says, de har my, uh, my heart, my frenzied heart, my infatuated heart, so uh, he has, has made a travel to China from which. He would never return. So this prince also comes to the picture. He says, "Oh, what a wonderful lady!" But there is a dragon of four conditions <laughs> below it. He says that well, um, uh, the thorn—I uh, mean, the flower—is with the thorn, and uh, it is with uh, uh, the poison of the snake is hanging. From, his, uh, from the picture. So he thought for a time what he can do. But he finally th- thought that he cannot dispense with the lady and he has to find some way to, find, to get her. But he doesn't just uh, enter the road to the, to the castle. He asks this way and that way, who is a person who knows? Who is a great artist? Actually, Nizami uh, uses the word honarmand. He is looking after someone to guide him. Uh, his definition of an artist: What is who is an artist? Div bandi. An artist is a person who puts all demons and devils in, in jail, in chain, and then he associates with angels. Div bandi feriste He is an artist. So he hears of an artist who has enchained all uh, devils, and he has uh, associated with angels. So uh, he goes to him, and for several years he forgets all about uh, the lady, and then he is is a disciple of that uh, great sage, of that great artist. And in the course of time, gradually he tells him the secrets of the spells of the world and the the, the secrets of uh, uh, this uh, uh, magic work which has been done by the lady. These are the difficulties and the techniques of art which you have to spell to break the spells. Otherwise, you can't get it. So, after a time, he comes down from him because he is uh, up in a mountain. The fact that great people are in the mountain, on the mountain, Rumi says they are on the mountain. It doesn't mean that they are actually on the mountain. It means that they are so high. Rumi says they might be sitting at your side, but they are on the mountain. They are so high, so in a lofty place. If you have heard that the saints uh, usually go to the mountains, uh, it means that when they are sitting beside you and they are with the people, at that same time, they are on the mountain. So he wants to say that a true Sufi doesn't renounce people, doesn't uh, go out of the city. He is in the middle of the people, but he is... He he keeps his lofty place. So, actually, Nezami, in one line, in, in two lines, actually, in a couplet, he has summed up the story of the Conference of Birds here. The Conference of Birds by Attar, you know the story that birds got together and then decided to fly to see more, to fly to see more, or the sun, sun is a symbol of God, and that Seymour is also a symbol of God. So they wanted to travel, and then they traveled and traveled and they passed seven stations, and finally they get got to the threshold of Seymour. So Nizami here says, uh, this prince, Ham See this is the whole story. He, like uh, a flying bird, from mountain to mountain, from station to station, He was flying he was flying to the Seymour. So it means that he has to pass certain stations before he could get that lady. So when he comes down and now he knows everything. He knows about the spells. He knows about the questions. There are secret questions which are not in words. Every day, every morning when you get up, thousands of questions are put to you. You have to answer. Every situation, every hard situation or, or gentle situation you are, it means what will you do in this situation? You have to answer through your through your actions so Nezami wants to say the whole world is questions questions every person sitting in front of you is a question um, and everything that happens is a question they are constantly put to test in this world whether you are angry or not whether somebody comes and insults you all of a sudden this is a test they want to know whether you will uh, be patient or not if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, then you will uh, pass your A-level. Yes. So uh, the prince comes down and says, well, I am not going to serve myself. I am going to revenge these hundreds of heads which had been cut off. I'm not going to work for myself. And when you are not working for yourself... Uh, the passion and the force, the spiritual force of others support you for what you are going to do. But when you are going to do it simply for yourself, then you have your own support, your own uh, limited energy. But when you are going to do something for all humanity, for truth, then you will be supported by a higher source. So he says, Go of ranjas baray, khod I am um, going to revenge um, a of of heads because one great artist when he succeeds he actually he revenges all who have failed so at first uh, he s- breaks the spells on the way by reciting certain verses and certain Words, magic words. And then he goes to the castle, to the uh, fort actually, it was a fort with uh, towers. He comes to the fort, and then by sonography, he finds the door, because he uh, has a, he gets a drum and then plays the drum in different parts of the fort. And then somewhere he sees that it doesn't re- uh, from the reverberation. From the reflection of this sound, he finds that in this there is a false wall, and then he breaks it easily. It was just a piece of uh, cardboard, but turned, made into, uh, made into, a wall. So he finds the door, and then the lady is informed that uh, a prince has come so far. So the lady. Uh, although she is very disdainful and she is uh, very proud, but deep in her heart she is waiting for such, a, for such a prince. So she is happy and she says, ''Okay, go to my father's court and then I'll come there to ask you certain questions.'' And then he comes to his father. His father, since he was very anxious uh, that her daughter would get married <laughs> as soon as possible... <laughs> So he said, Well, how many questions and how many conditions you are putting? Shathu one yiki konan Nabis. Just just one one condition is sufficient. What is the fourth condition? Shart uh, one Yiki Konand, the beauties. Just make one condition, not so many conditions, not twenty conditions. The lady said, No, these are certain other questions I have to make. And then she goes behind the curtain. Because this uh, we are in veil and there are questions from behind the curtain coming to us. We don't know who sends those questions. But the lady is sitting there. The lady is God. And then they respect the prince and uh, they have all sorts of sweets and fruits and things like that. And then... Uh, the lady starts posing the questions. He just takes two small pearls from her earring, two very small ones, and sends it to the, the prince through a servant. And then says, Well, okay, take it to the prince and say, Answer this question. The prince looks at the two. Pearls, small pearls. And adds three pearls of exactly the same size to make it five, and then sends it back. And this is the answer. And Then the lady behind the curtain says, well, he is right. And then there is uh, just uh, a sign of uh, happiness, sounds, a cry of happiness. He sh- she shouts for joy. And... Uh, then the lady crushes the, the, the five pearls and turns them into powder and mix it with sugar. And the, the sugar and the pearl are mixed together into powder so that you could, every little bit, every atom of the pearl was mixed with the, every atom of sugar. So he sends it to the prince and says okay answer this question and then uh, the prince asks for a cup of tea uh, sorry a cup of milk and then puts the powder uh, in the milk and then stirs it with a spoon and then sends it back the lady again finds that it is alright he has got the question and rightly answered and then she drinks Uh, The the milk and then weighs the remaining uh, at the I mean the the remaining uh, which was the residue which was pearl and weighed it and saw that it was exactly the same uh, of the same weight nothing has been uh, has been taken from it. She has just uh, drunk the milk together with sugar because the sugar was melted, and uh, the, the, the pearl wasn 't. so at this time, the lady took just one ring from her finger and send it, sent it to the prince. The prince put it in her finger in his finger and said, "This is the answer and then, at this time, the prince got one exceptional pearl, which was the worth of a country, which was like Goharishab it which could turn the night into day out of its brilliance, and sent it to the lady. And then the lady looked at it and uh, found one pearl of exactly the same quality and the same beauty, and the same size, and then send it back to the prince. and said, okay, now you answer this question. The prince just asks for a blue bead. You know, in Persia, I think maybe in other parts of the world as well, in order to avert evil eye, they use blue beads. Uh, They just add one blue bead to their necklace. So he sends it back, and then all is finished. And the girl said, Okay, I am, uh, I considered myself a witty and knowledgeable uh, learned girl, but my knowledge is below his knowledge and this prince is actually perfect, and uh, I declare my acceptance. So the king becomes very happy and says, well, okay, but tell me, please, what has happened? What did you say, and what did he answer? And the girl explained that uh, when I sent him two small pearls... I said that this life, what is this worth? It is just two, two days. The whole life is no more than two days. Or a few hours. Some, some say a few hours, some say two days. In Persian literature, uh, it is either two days or five days. Magarin panj, Ruze daryobi, it's just five days or two days. So I told him, what is this life worth when it is so short and so small and it is no more than two And then he added three and said, well, make it five. It doesn't make any difference. Uh, It is not the length of life, but it is the quality of life which is important. So um, whether it is two or three, whether you live for 100 or 10 years, it is all the same. It's all short. And then I mixed and uh, grounded... uh, Sorry, uh, I ground... uh, with sugar, those pearls, to say that every moment of our life is mixed with our desires, with our passions, with our base desires. What can we do? That um, every moment we are, uh, we have these attachments and the sweetness of this sugar of the world um, attracts us and we cannot separate it from our life. He says that milk, milk is a symbol of uh, Gnostic, Gnostic knowledge, of spiritual knowledge. Milk is, uh, is actually a symbol. When we say he was nourished by milk, it means he, was, he received some illumination and he has some spiritual uh, revelations. So he says that if you mix it with the spiritual uh, knowledge, then you can have all the sweetness of life without those, uh, it is just completely separated from your life and it belongs to your eternity, not to your uh, transient part. See, because when that sweetness comes to your eternal part, uh, then it is yours. But when it is to your uh, mortal life, then it is not yours because it, uh, it vanishes after time. So, uh, the lady said. Then I, I send sent him a ring, that uh, I am I propose, I propose to him, and uh, he returned. He just accepted it. That I accept, and then he sent me one uh, great. I mean, very valuable or invaluable pearl, piece of pearl or gohar or gem. Uh, to say that I am such a peace, I am such a peace. Are you my equal? And then I sent him the same and said, Well, yes, I am your equal, and we are two. And then I also asked, Shall we have a three, or are you going to have to love anyone else beside me, or is that only two? And he said, Well, it is only two. If there is anything added, it is just that... uh, blue bead that is to avert evil eye so the story comes to an end here but uh, there is much to be said about the uh, symbolism of this story Uh, from mystical point of view I said it is in full harmony with the uh, outlook of Rumi Actually, Rumi has, I told you that um, has uh, received much from Nizami. Uh, It is in full harmony with uh, uh, the mystical views of uh, Persian Sufis that uh, God is a great painter. He is most knowledgeable. He knows everything. And he has painted his own picture at the gate of the whole world. And in the Quran, there is a verse that wherever you turn your face, there is God. So everywhere is his picture. You have to see that. And if you don't see, you don't fall in love. If you see that it is her face, uh, in the in the tree, in the nightingale, everywhere, in the face of people. Um, then you will fall in love, and then when you fell in love, then you are a traveller, and then there are demons and devils on the way. You have to uh, clash against them, and you have like the pilgrim, the the, the the pilgrim's progress of John Bunyan. You have to, you have so much before you um, to to fight your way to Celestial, celestial City. And uh, on the other level, there are two levels. On the level of art also, it is a very good guide, a good lesson for our artists that they shouldn't take uh, the question of art uh, so easy and so... Uh, accessible. In fact, when a lady takes a veil, veil is a symbol, uh, it's actually something to say. When you take some veil, it means you are not allowed to see me. Uh, You have to fulfill certain qualifications before you have the right to look at my beauty. I just show you some Uh, Rumi says that the ladies come, uh, in the past, they used to come to the window because they were not allowed to come out. They would go to the window, and if they closed the window, they would go to the roof, and they pretended that they are going to just uh, dust a carpet, to dust a rug, so that they could show themselves. So they just show themselves for uh, to, to attract lovers. And then they hide themselves. They hide themselves. This is the same in art. You listen to a piece of music. It just shows you its beauty, glory. And then it is far, far away. It goes away. And then you have to come. You have to go and write... And to go to find a teacher and then study and then they work and practice for years and years before you could find that uh, beauty and you you could have full enjoyment of that art. So there are references in the texture of the uh, poetry of Nizami that he really means uh, that uh, if you want to achieve greatness... You have to work hard. And no greatness uh, can be achieved uh, by just uh, uh, claiming... And uh, I am reminded of a, a piece, I mean, a quotation by, I think, I think it is William Hazlitt, that uh, some, it's just like what Shakespeare says, that some people, very few people, are born great... Very few people are born great. And very few few people are ready to take all the sufferings of achieving greatness. Because it takes years and years and dedication and you have to sacrifice many things many things before you could achieve that. You have to abstain many things actually to be virtuous in the true sense of the word. Uh, Then... He says, so few people are ready to accept those sufferings, but everybody can satisfy his vanity by being a critic and say, well, yes, this is right and this is wrong. So uh, some people want to achieve greatness um, just uh, by cheap and uh, by not paying the price, Uh, while you can never get anything in this world, even at uh, half price, you, you have to pay the full price of anything. So what Nizami in through his uh, rom- romances, wants to say is that uh, if you want to, ha- to be happy, everything has its own price. If you want to achieve what you desire you have to achieve it through the doors, the uh, proper doors. If you want to be happy, you want to create happiness. If you want to uh, achieve peace, you have to create peace. If you want to achieve greatness, you have to work hard. So he emphasizes constantly on this... uh, uh, You could say the law of the world, the law not of physical world but of a spiritual world, that uh, there are certain relationships between things. If you tell a lie, then something happens. And then after that, something else happens. And then it goes on and on. And then you don't know where you are after a time. It changes your face, it changes your mind, it changes everything. And since it is bad, so it creates things which are bad. I explained that the other night as well. So I think uh, we can leave the other three stories for uh, tomorrow to bring it to an end. But I'll just tell you today that uh, the first uh, color, which was black, put it aside, this is black. But uh, you have yellow somebody may create a composition of colors in the same order. yellow and then green. And then cap uh, tur- sorry red, and then turquoise. Yes, and then brown. And then white. So, four of them are the four elements. Uh, this is water. This is fire. This is... Uh, this is the wind. This is the air. And this is... water, Uh, this is uh, water, the four elements, and this is fire, and this is earth, earth is black. And uh, this fire, for example, they have also something to do with the four humors. People are of different humors. Some are uh, irascible, some are... uh, They have uh, yellow bile, they have black bile, they have... uh, uh, They are of the humor of blood. Uh, So, I think it's better that I explain about these colors tomorrow um, in the words of Nizami himself. Thank you. So what is that uh, phrase from the Quran where you said, Aynama tuwallu asamma wachallah. Wherever you turn your face, you will see the face of God. Aynam or Tawalu, Fasamma was his inukte Fasamma watch wajh uh, watch means face Well Everything has been called in the Quran just a sign of God Or you could say a flesh uh, a The sun is the flesh. You're your going to sleep, you're dreaming. Your wife, your husband, they are all the signs of God. So, actually, Mohyeddin says, when he says it's the sign of God, it, is actually, uh, it actually means that it is God himself. Because, but they are afraid of telling the truth to, for the public. Uh, Rumi very boldly says, Oost sabzo, bahar. He is the flower. He is the spring. He is the water. He is the running water. He is uh, the bird. <laughs> because you cannot see but him in the whole world. But Hafez says when I look in the cup when I look into the cup of the world I see the face of God everywhere. And that is why I am constantly drunk. Because every moment I am drinking from her beauty. We have seen the face of our beloved the cup and that is the secret of our being in constant intoxication. In fact somebody came to my father and said well how is it that you are all the time intoxicated? It is so expensive for us we have to take several couple several bottles of whiskey and things like that and we can't be that much intoxicated. What What do you drink? My father said, well, you are not aware. He recited the same poem by Hafez. A.B. Khabar, thou art unaware of the secret of our intoxication. Because the best sort of intoxication, uh, actually the best sort of wine, is the wine which is put, poured into your eyes rather than into your mouth. Your eyes uh, are more important. Eye is, uh, has a higher value among your limbs, among your faculties. Sight is more important than sense of uh, uh, sweet and bitter. So there are two other kinds of wine. One poured into your ears, which is music, and one poured into your eyes, which is beauty. Visual beauty. So Nizami also has the same idea that uh, these are just veils, and uh, if you don't see them you see God in fact once I asked my father how is it that you say that you can see God, I don't see God it's, it's, this is wall and this is tree and this is the sky how, is it, how can I see God and my father said okay close your eyes and then when you open your eyes again the first thing you see is God. The second, the second thing you see is the tree and the flower and the sky. Because when you open your eyes, you see the being, first of all. You see the being. You see that existence has filled the whole world. And then you see that this is the existence of a bird or this is the existence of a so and so. It is just like saying that open your eyes and the first thing you see is light, not color. The, the second thing is color. If somebody is blind and then they cure they, they cure his blindness, and then they open his eyes, the first thing he sees is that he sees. It's not the colors. The first thing you say, oh, I see. What do you see? It doesn't mean what it is. I mean, it, does, it is not important what it is. So Nizami says that if you just open your eyes, and uh, deny these second things. He is the first, because first is the name of God. He is the first. So the first thing you see, the first thing you see is God. The second thing is your own thought, your relation with that particular being. That is the name of that being. So this, um, I wanted to emphasize that this uh, theory of unity of being... Uh, n- after of course sanai you can find nowhere more expressly more clearly expressed than in nizami because sanai is the first great sufi poet and nizami although he is not called a sufi but he is arif means mystic rather than a sufi and a hakim an artist is a man who puts all devils in chains and then associates with angels. Sorry? Pardon? You said that an artist is a man who puts all devils in chains and then associates with angels. Oh, yes. Could you say more? <laughs> yes. You know, an artist has to have no devil within his heart if there is anything like coveting like avarice like anger like hatred then um, he is under domination of these evil forces so how can he create the beauty because they are ugly so freedom is is at the heart of religion religion means freedom, freedom from all devils you are yourself, you can do as you like. You want to be generous, the devil doesn't let you. It stops you and so don't give him anything. I'll tell you. So you are a captive of the devil. So a particularly a great artist uh, is expected to be free because we are in chain. We need a Rostam. Rostam is the great hero. Um, he, he-, he hears that the king, Kekavus, has been defeated by the devils, and then devils have put them in a dun- dungeon and have made him and his uh, followers blind, all of them. So Rostam, which is a symbol of heart, Rostam is the great hero. He says, OK, I'll go and relieve them. He is a great artist. A great artist is a person who is free and wants to make other people free. So that's why he says uh, in Khosrow Shirin, also Nezami says, Kili has been defeated by the devils and then devils have put them in a dun- dungeon and have made him and his uh, followers blind, all of them. So Rostam, which is a symbol of heart, Rostam is the great hero he says, okay, I'll go and relieve them. He is a great artist. A great artist is a person who is free and wants to make other people free. So that's why he says uh, in Khosrow Shirin, also Nizami says, In this prison of the world, do the road be like a key rather than uh, a chain. Don't be a chain, be a key. So, the the artist uh, is to be happy because when you are sorrowful, you are a captive of sorrow. Sorrow is the devil. In fact, sorrow is the Satan. All sorrows come from Satan. Shaitan <speaking in French> how Hafiz says, Shaitan <"Shamdulillah> means the Satan of sorrow. Let him whatever he do- wants to do. Man <speaking in> burda'am <French> because I have taken refuge to the cup of wine. So, he is free, and he is happy. A person who is not happy is not free. And he cannot create anything of, anything worthwhile. A poet must be free. Uh, in fact, Rumi says, um, I have heard so much about the sighs and complaining of people in the world. I want a person who is free, who is happy, who has got out of the prison. One great writer of modern Persia, he says, well, in the world, there are such great sufferings that uh, they, they uh, destroy you bit by bit and drop by drop. So what does that mean? And he himself is in the same, he is suffering from the same sorrows. So what, what does he, he write, anything? A person, for example, absurdism. Nizami attacks absurdism several times in his uh, quintet that uh, don't uh, say that the world is absurd. A person who believes that the world is absurd and writes a play, why does he write it? He what what, what do you want what does he want to to say? He wants to say well I have uh, searched the whole world and there is no key to the uh, door of this prison. So die, <laughs> starve. So, so uh, an artist what we expect from an artist is to call us to rejoice as uh, actually W.H. Auden says about T.S. Eliot that, uh, uh, "O poet, go down deep into darkness and bring us a lamp, a light and with unconstrained voice because other people have constrained voice with unconstrained voice call us to ecstasy and rejoice Rumi invites you to his garden He has a garden. And she says, Okay, come to my garden. I have wine, I have uh, all sorts of nourishments here, in Masnavi. But a person who is living down deep in a a well, and he is writing poetry, what does it mean? It means, come to my house. Where is your house? My house is down deep here. I I am in despair. I am sorrowful. I don't have any hope. About anything, I'm waiting to die. So come and share my feeling. <laughs> <laughs> well, Buddhism that is it? life is suffering. I've never thought that quite right. Life is ananda, it's Well, yes, that, is, that has a point in it. Yeah. In the Quran, actually, uh, there is a verse that uh, we have created you in suffering. Suffering. Uh, Towards uh, that lady when you are suffering just for nothing you are just uh, submit yourself to the sufferings of the world like some Christians they believe that suffering is good at any rate if you are uh, you have a dangerous malady you you are suffering uh, for your children your death of children this is all good it is no good suffering is good when you are you choose it you choose that suffering you mm, I heard that uh, actually I read in the biography of Bertrand Russell that uh, he says that when I passed by through Hyde Park I was going to the house of uh, to the house of Albert Whitehead to we were working on that great book of mathematics there were ladies, young ladies on the way and I was young and I have all the qualifications to ask one of them to go to a cafe or to some coffee house and drink and, and discuss and associate but I chose to go to the house of Whitehead because that is higher so when you Abstain. Abstaining is no good. Abstain something for something which is higher. Then you can justify. So so suffering, life is suffering. Uh, The the, the verse of the Quran is very insightful. It says, O man, you are trudging with suffering towards your god and you will see him see that's the verse you are trudging the steep way up to a mountain but you are going to your lord and you are going to visit him you are going to see him so that suffering is justified it is like the suffering you take for learning music. If you want to be beloved, you have to suffer. Uh, you can't attain that station, loftiest station of belovedness without uh, sacrificing certain things. And sacrificing is suffering because you have to suffer the lack of certain things. When you go to help someone, you have to suffer. So, thank you very much for listening to